Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today let the word go forth fool me once are you fired up i'm not a crook are you ready to go shame on shame on you it's abe lincoln's top hat hosted by ben kissel fool me can't get fooled again hey what's up everyone how you doing ben kissel here hanging out with Travis Morningstar. We were just talking about vice presidents. And- of course, as we always do. Every yes. day, Travis Morningstar and I get together or text or call Yes, well, just to talk about vice presidents. I have vice president flashcards that we do right before the show. I, I love it. Uh, and we were, but uh, I mentioned <laughs> Eagleton. Sarah- Thomas, Thomas Eagleton, yes, by the way, good. my favorite vice president, a man too crazy to be on the bottom of the ticket. I casually, offhandedly <laughs> referenced Sarah, Sarah Palin on The Masked Singer. And Again, as we always talk about The Masked Singer and now Sarah Palin and the VP marriage that we're about to present to you, it's a marriage made in, I'm going to say purgatory. But you said you didn't see this. I did not see this. And this so was- we're sort of going back in time. Obviously, we're going to talk about the VP debate here in a second and unravel uh, a lot of the things that sort of spiraled out from it. But we cannot forget when the beginning of the end started in 2020. And perhaps, as Travis told me before the show, perhaps this was the pre-COVID America is this, that we needed yeah, to end. This is the dark portal through which we passed. <laughs> because this this was March 11th of this okay. year. Oh, this really was. I was in Florida. I was doing yes. Hail Yourself America. I was at a comedy club. We had a wonderful time. This really is right before, right the, before lockdown. the lockdown. Right before the lockdown on the 15th. Oh, my the God. Ides of March. So okay. I, this, I think this really did rip a dimensional hole in our country. So uh, let's listen to... Let's listen to Sarah Palin. She is dressed in a pink and purple bear costume. Okay, you're also going... I'm surprised she didn't shoot herself the way she loves to shoot the bears. You will also hear the voice of Nick Cannon, the man who had the audacity to start a rap feud with Eminem. Dare I say, he did not win that. All right, let's see. Let's hear uh, Sarah Palin do her thing. The artist formerly known as the bear. Y'all make some noise for Governor Sarah Palin. This is all real. This was on national television. can't believe this is happening. Now, half of the audience has no idea who this person is. Because they would be booing if they did. Another episode of the show that I watched, uh, The Masked Singer, was Cheech Marin, and the audience (laughs) had no idea. (laughs) Oh, I love Cheech, though. (laughs) Oh, wow. There you go. She let the audience say the word hoardy, because, of course, when your daughter makes a sex tape, you gotta show you're still classy. And Nothing gotta, wrong with sex tapes, folks. You gotta picture, uh, you know, Ken Jong is one of the judges, and he's in disbelief <laughs> that he's seen <laughs> Governor Sarah Palin do a rap on stage. Ken Jong, of course, former doctor, man who got famous showing his penis during The Hangover, and dare I say, comedic genius. But just depend- like he was a genius. Depending on what happens in the old uh, in the old uh, operating room. Depending on what happens in the the next. 26 days or whatever, you know, we could be seeing Mike Pence dressed as like an armadillo <laughs> singing mud vein or something. You know what's interesting, and this is one of the problems with our country and why we're here, why we have a reality television show president. It's because celebrity and politician have been totally merged into one entity and they're given the same amount of importance as a, a conversation about nuclear proliferation is now given the same gravitas as Sarah Palin singing I Like Big Butts, which I don't believe that she does, because if I recall Todd, her husband, flat although ass. maybe they're divorced, he has a flat butt. Yeah. Or maybe that's why they're divorced. Stanley. They had some kind of scandal. I don't follow the Palins the same way I don't follow the Kardashians. Okay, let's talk about what happened with the VP debate Kamala Harris. Now, by the way, I do want to just put this caveat out there. Um, Her name is Kamala. Her name is Kamala. And 
yes, I may mispronounce this every now and again because I'm a human. And uh, that is the least of our concerns. What we're looking for is substance of conversation, substance of policy. And if you are one of those grammar Nazis, uh, it's not helping the cause. So you can just say, okay, you can put it, you can put it in your quill and you can say, I'm better at one thing and I'm smarter at this one pronunciation of a name that is usually pronounced the way that Ben is saying. And you also have to give Ben a little leeway. He, he still pronounces it Barack Obama. So <laughs> he, he just has a different tongue. I love Barack Obama and he is my favorite. Anyway, Kamala Harris Going against Mike Pence, the man yeah. that truly is. Smells of sulfur as the fly lands on his head. Of course, the memes went crazy. Twitter really covered it from a joke perspective. And if you want to watch my reaction, you can go, you can go to my Instagram at benkissel one I've been told to plug it. This debate was interesting for two major reasons, in my personal sure. opinion. And yeah. we're going to talk about fracking here in a second because Travis and I have a bit of a difference of opinion, which is wonderful because that's the whole point of this country is to debate. The two big takeaways, in my opinion, from the Democrats, from Ms. Harris, the decriminalization of marijuana, and she also mentioned the ending of private prisons. These are two things that are near and dear to my heart. This is the criminal justice reform platform uh, that I have been wanting the Democrats to uh, stand upon for a long time. Now, again, obviously I'm putting... That's me drawing an asterisk. Mm -hmm. We understand the 94 crime bill that Joe Biden not just cheered on, really, I mean, he was crazy in love, crazy in love with the 94 crime bill. And of course, Miss Harris, as a prosecutor, put away thousands of people for drug charges, marijuana charges. Of course, the irony is now in California, marijuana, as we've seen with COVID, are an essential business. Yes. What a difference five years makes. I get it. Okay. At the same time, we have two vice presidential candidates representing uh, the binary system that we have in this country, two different parties. One of the parties said that they want to decriminalize marijuana. That's the only thing that we can go on, right? Yes. She said it on a national debate stage. Uh, she will be held accountable for that. And I do think that when it comes to criminal justice reform, we have a much better chance of getting it under a Democrat than a Republican. Why do I say that? Look at where the money is coming from, specifically when it comes to private prisons. Private prisons, by a massive majority, donate to Republican candidates. Mm -hmm. There's only about 9% of the prisons in this country are private prisons. And interestingly enough, uh, in 2017, the people that were in private prisons for drug charges, there was 20,000 people in federal prisons for drug charges. Only 92 of them were there for marijuana charges exclusively. So we can get them out. Pretty easily. That's just a phone call to be like, let the 92 out and those people can be free. But when it comes to private prisons, who are they funding and why are they funding them? So private prison PACs employees and their families have given more than $1.9 million to candidates and parties so far. This is according to the Center of Responsive Politics. There has been 14%, there has been a 14% increase in donations since 2016. About 92% of those donations went to Republicans. Private prison companies have enjoyed a cozy relationship with Donald Trump and his administration. Why? Because, of course, private prisons are where we put most of our immigrant detainees. So the the process of getting product in, much like the slaughterhouse that has the cows lined up to make great steaks in places like Oklahoma City, Cattlemen's, you got to go check it out. Unfortunately, these are not cattle. These are humans being shifted through the system and through the private prison system. The immigration system, make no bones about it, is a for-profit system, and that's exactly what happens. These people don't have constitutional rights. They're sent to federal private prisons. The private prisons are a multi-billion dollar industry, and the people that are in those prisons working slave labor jobs oftentimes undocumented workers, oftentimes putting together the desk that you may be sitting at at the job that you currently hate, which is a problem not just because of the unbelievably unfair treatment of our inmates, but it also undercuts our entire economy. So if you are somebody that has the ability to make tables, uh, I'm sorry, you're paying your uh, employees a living wage. We can get this a hell of a lot cheaper if we just go to the private prisons and have all of those 
air quotes, slaves make the product for us. Yeah. So that is when it comes to important stuff to me, a man who loves criminal justice reform, that was one thing in the debate that I was cheering. I was looking at Jerry. I was looking at Puffin. Puffin, of course, a former prison dog. He was on the dog meat market in South Korea. And I cheered and I said, this is a massive moment. If we can get rid of the private prisons in this country, I think it would do wonders uh, for rationalizing and having a more reasonable immigration system. Because right now, again, the money is having people detained, unlimited amount of time, no charges brought, with no civil liberties whatsoever, working in private prisons for profit. And these prisons sell those goods much, much cheaper. And that undercuts the market. And that's just one of the problems we have in this country. So I was very proud of Ms. Harris for saying getting rid of private prisons and the decriminalization of marijuana, which from a federal level, that's actually the word that I want to hear even more than the L word, which is legalize. Decriminalize mm-hmm. is awesome because then it'll allow states, they can make their own decision. As we're seeing how lucrative marijuana legalization has been in states across the country, I would not be surprised if all 50 were like, yeah, we can take some of that cash and they'll come up with their own system decriminalization to me, much like sex work, is really a perfect marriage of these two ideals of legalization and criminality because you allow the government to not have their paws in it because, of course, you look at what happened in Washington. Sadly, I love the people of Seattle. I love the people of Washington State. But the weed is like not very good because they put so many rules and so many restrictions. And you can imagine if the federal government is the one who is like, deciding what's sweet, what's good herb, it's probably going to be a bunch of dumpster weed. I got to say, though, Washington isn't a weed state. It's a meth state. So (laughs) it's not like you can't, you know. Hey, man, that's a beautiful state to do meth in. (laughs) Exactly. It's beautiful. And by the way, uh, Cops apparently is now resuming production. Oh, my God. In a bit Spokane, of a side note, but in also in County, Washington. OK, so hold on a second. We'll get back to the private prisons, Geo Group and Core Civic here in a second. So Travis was telling me before the show. So cops, it was canceled because Americans said, we don't want to see any more predatory officers harassing the people on the streets of this fine country. But 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 then uh, (laughs) this is so weird, by the way, this story. Then every other country in the world was like, but wait, we want to see methed out Americans Uh getting arrested and brutalized. Okay, so what do they do? No, Paramount has apparently uh, international contractual obligations to fulfill episodes of Cops. So, Cops is resuming production in Spokane, Washington, uh-huh. and they are going to capture on film <laughs> dozens of, uh, you know, uh, wife beater wearing meth heads. How is this better? Cops. How is this better than TikTok when it comes to exposing what America truly is? Honestly, TikTok is cops, but like set to uh, like the latest viral music. WAP. Yeah, it's set to WAP, essentially. So, I mean... Okay, a- hold on. So, just to clarify. So, Cops is going to be filmed in America. We always talk about, what's America's number one export? We are... It's our culture yes. and our entertainment. And, unfortunately, our culture has taken a turn for the worse. And now, the culture is literally people getting arrested for huffing paint, sitting on the side of a road, uh, their faces covered as looking like... A, as if they're uh, as if they're uh, Captain Spaulding from House of a Thousand Corpses, although they do not run in Oddity Shop. These officers show up. They arrest them. They got a great 20 minutes of footage. And we're going to send that to people in Sweden so they can see what it's like to be on the streets of America. Yeah, I'm like imagining the super cool Chinese teenager that watches episodes of American Cops. Got to get that paint. And and it's like he's like a little hipster kid who who watches all this. You know, like it's Japan cool, but it's it's American cool to watch cops. Right. It's like so that's where we like, are. It's like uh, their Gundam is watching us get beat up by cops. My God. So that show's coming back. Money is being made. They just went international. Anyway, sorry. That Ugh. was a derailing. No, it's but- not a derailing. I'm going to talk about it really isn't a derailing. I'm just trying to wrap my head around how fucked up that is. <laughs> they, because, it- I mean, at the very also, if you're arrested on cops, you deserve an IMDb a page and you deserve a cut of the episode. Yeah. Whatever they're making, you're the star. You're the data. You're on the same. You deserve it. You're on the same like footing as a Marvel movie as as far as sure. American cultural exports go. And if you are in prison because of what you were arrested for on the show, cops, put it in their commissary. Let them get some ramen. All right. So private prison companies, 
they are Geo Group and Core Civic. They counted on federal dollars for more than half of their revenue. That is a talk about socialism. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that the most socialistic thing you could do? Half of their revenue comes from our tax dollars. Uh, they are now working with immigration and custom enforcement in linking long-term contracts with prison companies to detain thousands of immigrants beyond the Trump presidency. So just like what's happening with the Supreme Court, Donald Trump disdain. It ain't going to go away like you got OxyClean and uh, trying to pick up a little bit of dog shit on your floor. This is going to be there for a long damn time. Mm -hmm. And just to put this in perspective, CoreCivic, they have a CEO. Of course, it's a company, right? Mm-hmm. Their CEO, Damon Hinninger, uh, they had an earnings call, which you imagine, we we, we don't have earnings calls, <laughs> per se, but you know, we have conversations about how the economics of the company are going, and usually it's about t-shirt sales. Mm. Uh, it's not about... Uh, Immigrants being treated horribly and children being ripped away from their mothers and, you know, people uh, being forced to have hysterectomies. That's their earnings. Well, we're looking at 20. That's that's going to be our call in 2021 (laughs) for sure. So he in an earnings call said this when it comes to scenarios, if the Democrats win, he says, we've had some conversations with folks. And again, I'm talking about Damon Hinninger. He is the CEO of Core Civic. Disgusting man. He says, we've had some conversations with folks in leadership, and they're always obviously preparing potentially what happens in the coming days, weeks, and months. With not only the pandemic, but also going into 2021 and maybe some outcomes in Congress and the White House. He goes on to say, so they're preparing, and with that, working with us to prepare. So there, the storm is coming. In this case, it may be Biden-Harris. Perhaps there's a potential for flipping the Senate. Perhaps there's a potential for more gains in the House from the Democrats. Who knows? I mean, that's a whole nother kitten caboodle there. But they are, the storm is coming. They're putting up the boards on the windows. Uh, they're tightening the straps on the boat. And they are preparing for change if Republicans are no longer in charge specifically of the executive office, which just tells you how in bed they are with these nasty, corrupt, criminal politicians who most of them themselves uh, belong behind bars. So when it comes to private prisons, I understand Joe Biden. I understand Kamala Harris. I get their criminal record passed. I completely understand at the federal level where we are now, there's a reason Geo Group and there's a reason Core Civic. 92% of their donations are going to Republicans. Republicans are helping them greatly, and it all ties into immigration, which is obviously Donald Trump's cornerstone uh, policy, whatever the hell the policy is. Of course, the wall hasn't been built. The only thing that got built uh, regarding walls were walls around uh, Steve Bannon after he ran a scam, taking millions of dollars away from poor people because they were so stupid to believe that you can privately fund a wall on the southern border of the United States. That is just an example of something, in my opinion, as a libertarian-leaning liberal, I suppose, or left-leaning libertarian center-left person, um, that to me matters. Mm-hmm. And so when people are obviously, again, rightfully so skeptical of Biden and Harris, they're, once, they're the ones saying it. And if you look at where the money is going, it's going to the Republicans. And that is not an accident. Yeah. And I mean, if you haven't watched the debate, it is an interesting. It was interesting. I thought in it was a actually ways. a nice. It was nice to hear two people sitting and talking. This was definitely like the better halves of the. It really of was. the presidential marriage. You know, like Harris is definitely a, like a better, more analytical thinker, a better speaker. Yes, I would say. And Pence, uh, he basically is just a like very calm Trump because he just <laughs> he just was he just managed to sort of ignore the two other people in the room. Uh, he and did. just continue. He was like, like an android, just spitting well, out, just spitting out these like pro forma statements. The only reason I know he's not an android is because androids don't get pink eye. Yes, I think he either has pink eye or he like <laughs> stuck a flaming hot Cheeto in his eye before the, the debate. Oh, that happened to me with my finger because <laughs> the dust gets yes, on the finger. That recently, I am a contact wearer and oh. also a flaming hot Cheeto fan, so I, I often, I oftentimes get Mike Pence's pink eye, but uh, for different reasons. Mike Pence did do the a la carte, so the uh, the moderator. I think she did fine. Uh, it is what it is. The the two people debating were much more civil. I think if it was Joe Biden and Donald Trump up there, the moderator may have just slowly backed out of the yes. room. 
Nonetheless, Pence was answering questions a la carte. So she would ask one question, he would answer a totally different question, then go back and be like, I'll answer number three now, whatever. But again, at the very least, uh, it appeared as if they were, um, we got we got more substance. Well, we had, it was, it was two representatives of, uh, you know, of a team that were not interested in like d- debating ideas. It was more like, here's where we are. And here's where this team is, and that is it. And here's our final messages to you because this might actually be the last debate of the presidential process because we'll I, Trump is Trump is like roid raged out, and he's saying no, he's saying no, I won't do this, no, I will it's, do this. It changes every day. Well, I can't it, tell. I, I mean, his it's the same thing with he the stimulus. Is as erratic as you know, one of the people on cops. Like he, he, right. he is on Tuesday. He said, okay, no more stimulus plan, no negotiations for that. I'm done. Like we're walking away from the table. Wednesday, 180 on that. He's coming back to the table and he wants to help the air. He wants to help the airlines. Right. Uh, it, it, we don't really know what's. We don't really know what's going on with with Trump. So there may not be additional debates in the future, depending on his whims. Essentially, and if, the, and if there is, it will be next week. I believe perhaps on Tuesday. Not quite sure though, because again, it's a moving. Uh, these are ever moving parts. But uh, but Harris and Pence were, acted really just like. How 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 Biden wanted uh, Harris to act and how Trump wanted Pence to act. Well, again, Donald Trump is extremely fortunate to have an opposite side of his exact coin in Mike Pence. Yes. He really is, as Travis said, a much more low-key Donald Trump. As someone who grew up in an evangelical home, uh, Mike Pence, when he talks about religion, makes me so upset. He has used religion for his own political and monetary gain. There is nothing Christian about this man. I did like Kamala Harris and uh, her response regarding her and Joe Biden's religious faith. Not that I give a crap about any of these people's religious faith, but it matters. There are many people who do feel uh, very close and tied to their religious beliefs, and they would like to see that reflected in office. When she mentioned Joe Biden would be the second Catholic, right. of course, we know what happened to the first. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. I don't wish death upon any like president. He, he needs that like he needs a hole in the head. Absolutely. But I think she made a good point, and she yeah. did. It was almost a la uh, Barack Obama when he was yeah. like, yeah, I'm still reli- I'm, I'm a Christian dude. Of course, it wasn't the right Christianity and Sean Hannity and the, and the right went crazy with Reverend uh, Jeremiah Wright, I believe. Yeah, and you could tell... Pence's God is like a really angry, vengeful God. His, like, who, his, he like, yells at his penis every day. Yeah, his like grave, serious, like his, Pence is so somber. And I could tell that feeds yeah. into his like crazy, judgmental God that wants to smite everyone. Springs in bloom and so are the new lavender drinks at Starbucks. Enjoy subtle sweet notes of lavender paired with silky matcha or rich espresso for a fresh floral take on classic cafe beverages. Order yours now in the Starbucks app. Hey, Hotels.com here. Struggling to keep up with your toddler? We know a hotel that'll keep them entertained. Book family-friendly hotels with pools in the Hotels.com app to find your perfect somewhere. And just lastly, before we get into Mike Pence and when we talk, we'll talk about the two questions or one question each that both Harris and Pence uh, dodged. Just quickly back to uh, Geo Group and Core Civic when it comes to private prison fundings. Uh, its corporate pack has been giving $20,000 in regular uh, installments uh, to the, quote, Trump Victory Committee. They've been doing that since April, so you can do the math. Uh, The industry also includes smaller prison companies. It's shelling out lots of cash to uh, people like Senator Cory Gardner of Colorado. Of course, Cory Gardner, you might remember his name was mentioned when it comes to him potentially not uh, voting to confirm Amy Coney Barrett. Looks like he has backtracked on, or at the very least, he made his mind up, and he will be supporting Amy Coney Barrett. That's, of course, the Supreme Court seat that is still needing to be filled. They say that they're going forward, and we'll have to take them at their word when it comes to that. He received a lot of money from GEO and Core Civic Run Networks. Um, also, Senator Mitch McConnell, uh, Senator Shelley Moore Capito out of West Virginia, and the chair of the Appropriations Committee, and Homeland Security Subcommittee. One of the few Democrats that received funding is Representative Henry Cooler. He is a conservative Texas Democrat and vocal defender of private prisons whose district includes both GEO and Core Civic 
lockup. So follow the money and you will get uh, a lot of answers. And of course, this ties into ICE and all of those things. But anyway, let's go back to the debate and talk about one question each that neither of the candidates wanted to answer. They both skirted it. For Mike Pence, it was the question of Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. If you had any wonder in your mind, or if you are someone who is a pro-choice Republican, which those do, um, people are very interesting. They have different economic reasons to vote. And if you are someone who works solely in Wall Street, you might be someone who is pro-choice, but also you follow the money and that's how you make your cash. So it does happen. Make no bones about it. Mike Pence wants Roe v. Wade overturned. Absolutely. This has been a long play for the evangelical right. This has been happening uh, since the 70s, since Roe v. Wade came became the law of the land. This has been their main focus. It's been a laser focus. And that is why Mike Pence could not answer the question, would he uh, be in favor of overturning Roe v. Wade? So that is something when it comes to people talking about abortion rights and abortion restrictions. Again, it will be led to it will be left to the states. But as we're seeing when that happens, many states in this country will not be taking taking care of their most vulnerable people. And when it comes to abortion, oftentimes there's also the tent conversation regarding Planned Parenthood, regarding different kind of facilities that do a lot more than abortion, healthcare providers, and obviously, uh, you know, the healthcare industry in this country is in complete and utter shambles. And the last thing we need to do is to harm it more. So that response by him is definitive. He did not say he wants to overturn Roe v. Wade, but he did not say he did not want to overturn Roe v. Wade. And we know for a fact he has said in the past that he wants to overturn Roe v. Wade. So we can infer that that's what he said. Yeah, this is an overarching project that has gone on for decades. And yes, they're actually getting quite startlingly close to actually pulling this off. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, the question that Kamala Harris could not answer uh, was about stacking the court. So it looks like the Democrats, if they do put up Amy Coney Barrett, if she does get on the court, it looks as if the Democrats might stack the court or try to stack the court. In a perfect world, I am not in favor of this. I think nine justices are just fine. And who knows who's who knows what happens? I think the ultimate answer instead of stacking the court is really term limits. Um, and if they could put that in place, I guess you do that retroactively. I feel like I that would be better in the long run than stacking the court. But more likely it's stacking the courts. I so would say. and so, you know, it's, and why wouldn't they? I mean, well, this is they, they. I mean, we've had this court now for about 70 years or so. So, I mean, you know, the court has changed. Yeah. You know, the court has evolved over time. So it's not it's not like, whoa, this is we're going back to 1776 here. The court has evolved. It has changed. But that is a possibility if Harris and Biden, uh, if Biden and Harris end up getting the executive power to do so, that is a possibility. And just so you know, I mean, we are like, I would say, now, we, do I think that that, do I think stacking the court is as bad as getting rid of Roe v. Wade? No. Great. Okay. Yes. Thanks for clarifying that. Yes. But I mean, you know, they, these are we, the, the, these are kind of the hard arguments that you have to have with yourself. We are like 20 years late to Supreme court reform. I think ever since Bush v. Gore, when, oh, when Republicans found out that they could weaponize the Supreme Court in such a way to actually win an election, I think that's that should have been our signal to us that we needed uh, reforming of, of uh, the Supreme Court. But then, of course, you know, we, we moved on to other things like the Iraq War and Afghanistan. Oh, yeah, those really important uh, <laughs> things that were completely valid, completely warranted and didn't cost us billions of dollars in treasure and lives. All right. So that's really all we're going to talk about when it comes to the debate. If you haven't watched it, you can go to C-SPAN. I'm sure it's on YouTube. I, as I always say, watch for yourself. Even watch a freaking Trump rally. Watch a Biden speech. Watch these things, at least one, uh, in length and watch them yourself so you can make up also, your own mind. Because as soon, did you notice as soon as the debate was over, did you watch any of the spin? As soon as the MSNBC, Fox News. No, no, of course not. It is so. No, I, I it was, is like they shit. They give you a parallel universe yes. of thought. No, I was I was mainly um, just imagining Dave Batista in a giant fly suit on SNL this weekend, <laughs> <laughs> looking into the camera and saying, "Sir, you lie, sir." You can imagine. Oh my God, yes. Who plays Mike <laughs> Pence on that? Oh, I have no freaking oh, idea. Oh, is it? I, I can't remember his name. He's one of the one of the guys. I, Phil Phil Hansler. Phil Hansler yeah, is usually a wonderful the guy that performer. Plays him. A wonderful, wonderful performance actor. There's going to be a big fly in the sketch. Yes. I don't want to be mean spirited, and that's what happens when I start talking about comedy. <laughs> so we will talk about something more lighthearted, which is politics. The elderly. 
The elderly, obviously a massive voting block for the Republican Party. They have been for a long, long time. And they continue to be extremely supportive of Donald Trump. However, with the COVID pandemic, with the elderly being in the crosshairs of said pandemic, with the lack of responsibility and horrible handling of the pandemic, Donald Trump and elderly support has begun to whittle away just a little bit. So Donald Trump, he has taken to Twitter where all the old folks love to go. And I say that only half in jest to give a message, a reassuring message, (laughs) message to old folks that, hey, COVID isn't that bad because he's doing just fine. I mean, look, can we first say that Trump was already Twitter crazy, right? Like he, oh, yes. he always tweets like no, a suicidal 14-year-old girl. Travis but, Travis told me to go tweet. Travis told me to go check the tweet out that he tweeted out today. And I'm thumbing through. My thumb is getting arthritic. I'm like, where is this it is tweet? Buried. He already. This man has a he is a virtuoso. He has a prolific uh, output of tweets. But in the, he's like Bane in the Batman and Robin movie. Like that, that whatever they gave oh, him, wow, the Regener- green Bane. Yeah, yes, the Regeneron or whatever it is that's being pumped into his neck is is making him more power, a more powerful tweeter and poster. Uh, but he's really hitting the retweet button hard. I can see it. He's going hard. Um, but so he, yeah, he put out a tweet this morning uh, that says. In all caps, to my favorite people in the world. And now this is a three-minute video that we won't do the whole video. Okay. But just to give you some <laughs> visual context, he's standing. What he see? He seems to be like the the vantage point of this video is Trump standing three hundred yards away from a very blurry White House in the background. Yeah. He looks like a lawn ornament for the White House, it's, and it's clear for, if you just watch it for more than ten seconds. That it's a green screen White House in the background. This is in the basement. There is uh, Stephen Miller. He is looking at Stephen Miller sipping lukewarm black coffee. I assume that's the only way he likes to drink. Well, his Steve coffee. Mil- Stephen Miller has the COVID now. Exactly. So he's he's out of commission. Um, and if COVID doesn't start doing its job, I'm going to be really upset. That's as far as I'm going to go with that kind of humor. <laughs> he is without a doubt. In front of a green screen. Yes, it's And you so can see strange. his shoulder, his right shoulder pixelates at moments, and you're like, what hellscape so did we find ourselves this, in? This video is a three-minute, off-the-cuff, used, <laughs> used car salesman pitch to the elderly of the country, okay. whom the COVID-19 virus has you know, has done yeah, damage it's been to horrible for them. And so he is, he's dropping in the polls. Biden is getting, is getting the attention of the olds. And so we'll just give you a little bit of his pitch here. Um, yes. it, and again, don't trust the polls. I don't know if anyone's dropping or not dropping. We're going to talk about ads here in a second uh, before we get to the Gretchen Whitmore story to wrap her on up. But yes, this so is here. Here's Trump. Yes. Andy in his way through this, through this ad. Great. Let's hear the improv. So to my favorite people in the world, The seniors, I'm a senior, I know you don't know that. Nobody knows that. Maybe you don't have to tell them, but I'm a senior. Mm -hmm. We are making tremendous progress with this horrible disease that was sent over by China. China will pay a big price for what they did to the world and to us. But we have medicines right now, and I call them a cure. I went into the hospital a week ago, I was very sick. You're gonna get free medication. (laughs) Just like me at Walter Reed, like he's, <laughs> uh, yeah. my, he is flopping around like Magikarp. He is a he is desperate. This is a desperate man with a, be- a Twitter account that has millions of followers. He begins that entire conversation by saying, "A lot of people don't know I'm elderly, but I'm elderly." I'm elderly. Did you know, know I'm elderly? And I took this medicine, and it was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. I w- I could have walked out the following day, sooner. It was incredible the impact it had. And we're going to make that and others that are similar to it, almost identical, we're going to make them available immediately. We have an emergency use authorization that I want to get signed immediately. The FDA has moved at a level that they've never moved before. Things that would take two, three, four years are taking a matter of weeks or even sooner than that. And that's because of me. We're taking care of our Seniors, you're not vulnerable, but they like to say the vulnerable, but you're the least vulnerable. But for this one thing, you are vulnerable, and so am I. But I want you to get the same care that I got. I got incredible (laughs) care at Walter Reed, incredible doctors, and this medicine in particular, one medicine was unbelievable. All right, so so you're not going to get the same care that he got. That's number one. And number two, 
interesting that he actually admitted to how strong the COVID virus was inside of his bones. Well, the more he's the more, the stronger he claims it to be, the more strong he looks for defeating it in battle. Yeah, that's very true. So, in an attempt to win the hearts and the very stable mind minds of the elderly people out in this country, Donald Trump has vowed. This was this uh, past Thursday. He vowed to send uh, $200 discount cards. Yes, yes. because yeah. the irony, of course, is what, what gift do you usually get from your grandparents? $20 if, Barnes from and Noble McDonald's, maybe yeah. Barnes & Noble when they, were still in comp- when they were still a corporation before they were destroyed by Amazon. You get a good gift card for $5 for Hardee's. Yes. Even if you're in a Carl's Jr. town, I believe they do accept Hardee's promotions. So Donald Trump said discount cards. Elderly people love a good discount card. And who doesn't? That never changes well, even with And this age. is basically a gift card for medications, for drugs. Yes. This is a... This so, is this a is, 200- so senior citizens are like, oh, there's... They love their drugs. Oh, boy. Yes. Mm, I got to get some Dexies. I got to get some... Because Trump is high on that Dexter's lab right now, the, the, yes, the steroids. Is. So uh, he's, 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 uh, he's saying, hey, I got you. And of course, $200 when it comes to medication might get you half a boner pill. Mm-hmm. Um so the $200 discount card, it will be for prescription drugs to 33 million older Americans. It is apparently a $6.6 billion election eve promise, even though uh, it's safe to say dubious at best when it comes to, does he have the legal authority to do this? But now the big question that Travis is going to answer is, where's the money coming from? Where is he getting $6.6 billion bucks from? So he's he's saying here, here's, two, here's 200 bucks to spend on drugs. That's yeah, on me. Um, but he's also taking that money out of the Medicare trust fund, basically. Okay, so isn't that supposed to go to them anyway? But he wants to sign, is he going to sign the gift card himself? Yes, he's got. So, so he he's going to have his name printed on these gift cards. It's a holographic, one limited edition <laughs> Trump playing card that gets you drugs for $200 off. Woo! Now that money, you did, that is your money that it's he's the giving. Ralph's card of uh, pharmaceuticals. He, he is giving you back your own money that you spent um, to buy drugs, but making you, it actually more difficult yes. for you to get this money because you have to like bow to him and kiss the ring. We pay taxes for a reason. Yes, that is, I mean it is like getting a uh, like a birthday card from grandma, and it says like. Uh, I got you or I owe you or something. You know, it really, it, it, you didn't get anything from this guy other right. than a, a, advertisement that you paid for and of course donald trump has also said that he will uh he wants an executive order to protect people with pre-existing conditions he also said he wants to push to end surprise medical billing yeah the irony is both of those eos does do not stand as soon as the republicans get what they want to get which is insurance that the insurance companies uh, do not have to protect for pre-existing conditions. Once it goes through Congress, it doesn't matter what the executive order said. All of that stuff is just as shallow as the uh, as reality television itself. Believe it or not, they're really not super nannies. All of that stuff is staged. And Caesar Milan doesn't even know how to take care of a dog not to diss Caesar. It is shallow, it's meaningless, and it will not help the people again you know what? that he's promising to help. And unfortunately, he's also preying on a very vulnerable group. Vulnerable well, they're group, not, they're not, not that just vulnerable, it, remember. Well, they they are, are this time, but they're not that vulnerable. And maybe he is, but maybe not. They are more vulnerable than when it... They're a vulnerable group when it comes to... I don't gift want card it. scams. Gift cards. And, <laughs> yes. They, I mean, honestly, there's a reason that scammers send emails to people yeah. of a certain age. Isn't you know, there? This, you know, speaking of reality, this reminds me of an episode of Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe, <laughs> where he visits a tilapia farm. You imagine being on that show, though, and this guy comes in and he's like, this job is fucking crazy. I'm only doing this shit because I'm on camera. And then you're just like, yeah, I come here. Dude, this day. is how you support your family. Fucking this is weird, sick man. as shit. It's gross, he visits, dude. He visits a tilapia farm and finds out that uh, sometimes, like bad tilapia farmers, feed the tilapia fish their own shit. Oh, that's and then they sell it to McDonald's. <laughs> yes. So that's kind of what's happening here with Trump's uh, with Trump's right. uh, gift card giveaway is that he's just stealing from he's just taking uh, money out of the Medicare fund that people he's pay like, taxes into and then giving it back to them in a Trump signed gift card. He's the sheriff of Nottingham and Robin Hood. That's exactly right. Isn't that nice? This is according to Rachel Sachs. She's an associate professor at Washington University in St. Louis. She says. 
is the plan to borrow from potential future savings from a program that does not yet exist? The announcement came as a surprise because the White House has tried since last month to, since last month to strike a deal with the pharmaceutical industry. Obviously, that completely collapsed after Mark Meadows, the White House chief of staff, insisted that the industry pay for such cards. So they said, no can do. They are literally being called Trump cards. Uh, this is according to Priscilla Van Veer. She is the vice president of the public affairs for Pharma, the industry's largest trade group. She says, as we previously said, one-time savings cards will neither provide lasting help nor advance the fundamental reforms necessary to help seniors better afford their medicine. This is simply a, again, yeah. the base level <laughs> of hubba hubba politics. This is the base level of politics. This is how you get elected when you are running for student council, you promise more cupcakes. Yes. This is nonsense. And again, talk about a Band-Aid. This is one stitch on a wound well, that is the size of somebody's entire forehead. This is a like a free marketing campaign. Free, technically, because he doesn't have to pay for it. It's coming all out of it Medicare. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. And then at the same time, he's uh, disregarding stimulus negotiations. Well, well he is returning to the negotiations because he's realizing that uh, people hate him for doing this, but he's he he's trying to surgically like activate his base with these little schemes around the country. It literally is a little scheme, <laughs> and it goes just make it a Starbucks gift card, and they can feel like they got a gift from their grandchildren. According to Stephen I. Vladek, he's a law professor at the University of Texas who studies executive powers. He says, "I have no idea where this is coming from." <laughs> <laughs> he goes on to say. It's not like there's a 6.6 .6 billion pot of money that was just waiting for Trump to come along. Yes, so there is. no one really understands it. Yes, um, there is. Any any of those pots are uh, he's going to try all these different kinds of I don't, how is he going to get the juggalos on his side? Is he going to get you know? send out uh, he's going to steal from the Veterans Affairs Fund and then like send out packs of uh, of pineapple fago to all, to all of the uh, clownettes of the oh, world. Also just a reminder, uh, ICP, which they may be on Wizard and the Bruiser soon, Holden McNeely's show. Really? And of course Jake Young, perhaps that'll be happening. ICP did not hold rallies. They did not hold uh, Juggalo, Juggalo Fest. What's it called? <laughs> the Dark Carnival of Souls. I'm not sure. I, but think, that's, I, I think that's what that's it is. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love the name. It's really cool. They didn't do that because they wanted to protect it the Juggalettes and, and the Juggalos. It was unsafe. And I, it's safe to say that Shaggy Two Dope and I forget the name of the other one. Um, Run Runny Pete. Yeah. Um, it's safe to say that they and their inner circle have less cases of COVID yes. than Trump and the Trump administration. So let's talk before we get to the Canadian bacon style of the attempted kidnapping of an American governor. We'll get to that story right after this. Uh, Trump campaign. They are dialing back ads in the Midwest. This to me is extremely interesting. Now, it's not unheard of for um, for campaigns to change focus as we get closer and closer to the election. But these states, Iowa, Michigan, um, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, those are the states that delivered it for, for uh, Donald Trump in 2016. Is he taking these people for granted? Does he think that it's just a shoe-in? The polls aren't good, but the polls weren't good in 2016. So who the hell knows what to believe on that front? Well, but I feel like this is a really strange approach for Donald Trump, they're reinvesting the money in places that I guess it's a little bit more contentious when it comes to Florida. And you said Georgia? Florida, Arizona, Georgia. And, and Arizona. But now yeah. why would you be in... Re I mean, it's just strange to me that Georgia and Arizona, obviously the ding-dong state of Florida is always there, always going to get that money. Uh, you got to win Florida. That's just massive when it comes to the EC votes. Um, but Georgia and Arizona, I mean, is it really that tight for him? I, I I think does that does that show that Joe Biden is actually doing better in those states than well these are these are TV ads right these are television I think ads. at a certain point you probably reach a saturation point with TV ads because a lot of you know Trump has spent the most in history um with online uh, campaign fundraising right. uh, or with with online campaign advertisements new tell new new forms of media and obviously again we were mocking his uh, his tweets. I personally have always thought they were net negative, but I'll be proven hopefully right one day. All that's all that's free. 
Yeah, and, uh, and his followers on Facebook. The, why has it become 4chan yeah. for <laughs> less intelligent people somehow? Uh, that's all free. It's just it's the word of mouth. And thank you for all supporting the LPN network because we are also a word of mouth company. I love to be associated with the Trump administration. <laughs> Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today uh no so they <laughs> but you were gonna by the way speaking of that we are gonna see if you like trump's to my favorite people in the world video oh yeah get ready because he is about to release an uh, anthology of these type of videos <laughs> all specially targeted towards like a specific group of people to his favorite yeah people, to his favorite perhaps. people in the world so when it comes to spending this is shades of 2016 as travis said the trump campaign is fo- focusing Almost exclusively, not exclusively, but definitely leading towards focusing on social media, which, as we've seen, is is an absolutely powerful, powerful way uh, to get the message out because of the way that the algorithm works, you basically, social media basically gives you your audience. Yes. They, they drive it all to you. But when it comes to television ads, Joe Biden has actually spent more. This is uh, broadcast and cable ads. If I was with the Biden campaign... I would stress that cable maybe isn't the best way to go. However, I also think if you are going after the older people, older audiences, people over 50 perhaps, they still have cable. Yes. Our generation, I mean, I barely have cable. I have Sling, which is like eight channels. Mm-hmm. I think I have 20 channels. But the older folks still have cable. Yes. So I guess it makes sense if you're going after those suburbanites who might feel disaffected I mean, but speaking of Trump. like, if you have an online campaign on Facebook, for example, you really do have... So much. I mean, we learned this from the social dilemma. I mean, we didn't learn it, but Great. it was reiterated in that documentary on Netflix. And of course, go back and listen to the, the interview that I had. The analytical power of like face of of precision Facebook advertising yeah. and targeting. It's unbelievable. Is almost incomprehensibly like powerful because of how much information you have over all these people. And so I think TV advertising is kind of like whatever at a certain point I, I agree but for old people yeah i mean old people are are watching tv but they're also in these facebook well, groups so i think you if you're if you're trump and you're looking at these numbers maybe from the midwest of online advertising right you might honestly feel like good like you might yeah. feel confident looking Could. at some of these numbers uh and you may be you may feel more like freewheeling to spend some of that money elsewhere no that's a totally valid point and obviously i was thinking about this i have no idea if it's a smart thought or not but basically the internet is just television you get to interact with so yeah. you just get to see the video and then you can comment the you internet, can't comment the on, internet a, is, on a commercial you see the internet is what like qvc is to, like it's yes it, it's to it blouses reaches, it reaches out and grabs you as opposed to being a passive thing like a TV. Absolutely. So between August 10th and September 7th, that's of this year, Biden, uh, the Biden campaign spent $97.7 million on broadcasting cable ads. Donald Trump spent significantly less. He only spent 29 or 21 rather, 0.6 million. Uh, that's according to ad tracking firm Advertising Analytics. In some crucial battleground states, Biden outspent Trump, for example, in my home state of Wisconsin. Biden spent $9.2 million according, uh, and Trump only spent $1.5 million. And again, this is cable and broadcast ads. So we'll see if that sort of old media is still worth investing. If, it, if Biden somehow loses this election, if you are looking at this data, no TV ads are ever needed again. No, no. Ever again. In Florida, Biden has spent $23.2 million. Trump has only spent $6.4 million. In Arizona, Biden spent $10 million, and Donald Trump spent $1.4. In North Carolina, Biden spent $11.5 mil and Trump $3.7. Georgia was the one state where Trump uh, outspent Biden $2.7 million to $1.3. So now that we're getting into the cash crunch time of this election, uh, Trump's August fundraising hit a record for his campaign at $210 million. Uh, however, Joe Biden took in $364 million 
it is so disgusting the amount of the amount of money spent in these campaigns. The total amount of money between the two campaigns, when it's all said and done after November third, after your vote is cast, will be over two billion dollars, which is freaking nuts. However, the RNC and the DNC are also big at play here. So it's not just the Trump campaign that has to be funding all of the ads and things like that, despite the fact, again, they have a boatload of cash. The Republican National Committee and two fundraising entities, uh, they have spent $820 million so far. Uh, Federal Election Commission records show that the RNC has invested heavily in staff, including its ground game, spending $28 million dollars on payroll. So when we talked about folks getting out there, knocking on doors, making face-to-face interaction, now again, better or worse, be very safe, wear your mask, distance, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, uh, Donald Trump has learned that lesson the hard way uh, because even a 74-year-old needs to uh, get burned before you realize fire is hot. That may come in and they may be able to say, we got Media, social media ads, and we have the we we got the Foot Clan mm-hmm. out there, and of course Joe Biden, who is now hitting the ground a little bit more. He's giving speeches. Uh, he is out of the basement. Ironically, Donald Trump is in some weird basement now, doing green screen photo shoots for Twitter outside of the White House. Air quotes. Perhaps that works. So the Republicans have become the party of stupid. Right, the party of like, I don't believe it unless I can see it. Right. Uh, again, trust you. Trust me, the fire is hot. You don't have to put your fucking foot in it. And the Democrats have become like the non-technologically forward-thinking, like the non, uh, the party that thinks social media might be a fad party. It's like a like, really, yeah, it is. And I, both of them are just like, want to bang their heads together like freaking coconuts and get the milk out. Democrats have like the most progressive uh, base and yet they're the like so backwards on isn't Silicon Valley supposed to be full of like l- liberal thinking geniuses well, or is all of that just a lie well now we're you know with these um you know the hearings with Facebook and Google and all that that happened recently right. uh, in the house the right wing is kind of aligning with tech companies absolutely now they are to well, and, and but but also at the same time pretending that the tech companies are like uh, taking their rights away. It's very strange. Isn't that well, and that I, totally has changed, right? Yeah, that's suddenly, suddenly now they're the ones that uh, are good at sort of rallying online. And uh, even though they, they sort of bicker about. Well, okay, this is my question to you because we're going to get into our final story, which is the attempted kidnapping of uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, yeah. which I laugh at because it is so freaking stupid. Uh, the group of people that were going to kidnap her are straight up out of an 80s comedy, If, uh, but with guns that are real, right? right? Um, they are called the Wolverine Watchmen, that is one of the militia groups tied to this, this yes. kidnapping. So my yeah. question to you here is, Travis, when it comes to the democratization of thought, is this is social media simply reflecting? Obviously, again, we know the algorithms. We had that great uh, conversation uh, last week or two weeks ago with Joe Toscano. Social media platforms like Facebook, they do seem to be, uh, I don't know, like organizing, obviously similar thinking, similar minded folks. But then these people are really taking that to the next level. And we're seeing that with what happened in uh, in Michigan with Governor Gretchen Whitmer with this insane uh, attempted kidnapping to spark the next civil war. But is social media not just, aren't people ruining it? People have ruined it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then these social media companies are just allowing it to be destroyed and de- allowing it to be trampled. But we're seeing things manifest in reality that are so freaking stupid when you see them in the 3D realm that yes, we live in. There is there is like this weird shift from Facebook group reality yes. to temporal, physical realm reality. Because these guys really thought they were going to take their like big talk, like all caps conversations in this Facebook group, <laughs> <laughs> screaming conversations into the real world. Uh, one of the quotes from one of the guys is, yo, yeah, we'll just grab the bitch and then it'll be over. Then that'll- It's over then. Yeah, that is that is literally the, the movie boss, the movie Celtic Pride. Yes. I believe it was Damon Wayans uh, was, was uh, one of the basketball players and he was kidnapped. It is, or it's also, it reminds me a little bit as well of one of my favorite films of all time involving Dolly Parton, Jane Fonda, and Lily Tomlin, and it is called Nine to Five. Check out that movie. Uh, but that is the beginning. When you kidnap somebody, 
or the movie Ruthless People. There's a lot of films that involve kidnapping. When you kidnap someone, and this is just a little advice for me to you, Travis, because yes. I know I'm in the elder. I'm six. I'm an entire you five are years my older. Elder. Yeah, that's just the beginning. That's yeah. the beginning. You know, the Wolverine Watchmen, that makes me think of the, the episode of South Park where Eric Cartman becomes the coon. <laughs> <laughs> and these people probably... They are just as serious as the uh, coon. We, we are living in Cartman's world. Yes, We really absolutely. are. Uh, liberate Michigan. Of course, Donald Trump tweeted that in April. He refused to denounce the white supremacist group, which is so freaking easy. I was watching the Showtime show, The Circus, which I tepidly recommend uh, the people that are the air quote stars of it. They really, they're really cool. They really think they're cool. Is it is, worth watching? It is worth watching because you're going to get five minutes where you're like, I got to see Steve Bannon watching the first presidential debate with his two jackets plus a jacket on top of it. <laughs> um, I got to see him openly cheer. And then you also see him when asked, when Chris Wallace asks um, Trump to denounce white supremacists, you see uh, Bannon's mouth just be like, yeah, just say yeah. And then he does it. And even Bannon was just like, oops. What the hell, man? Just say yes. It's so easy. Uh, but of course, he refuses to do that. As a matter of fact, he emboldened dumb groups uh, such as the uh, such as the douchebag boys there. But it is really crazy that the these like six guys really thought that because their worldview, I think, probably has been uh, sh- uh, shaped by the online communities that they're in. Right. They they really thought that by capturing the flag, capturing Gretchen Whitmer, it would it would. Then Does it go act- to the title ski? Does well, it go to the title screen? <laughs> yes. And they're like, and we're t- we're ready for story mode. Well, they they thought it would activate all these other militia groups in the country, and that would be the onset of the new civil war. Like, right. You everyone is like in their own like charged up little bubble of of thinking that it, this really was. Six men who could have said to each other, wait a minute, hold up. This is really dumb, guys. Why don't we just go to the are bar and watch commit, the Lions game? Are we about to commit a terrorist act? <laughs> on- well, of course, Kyle Rittenhouse, also a domestic terrorist, was praised by the president. So perhaps, again, uh, they feel slightly more emboldened. This is what uh, Governor Whitmer said. And Governor Whitmer, she was the one, uh, the Michigan militias. You guys all remember that when they pointed the guns at the, all the people in the state house, which I was actually quite a fan of. But uh, not for their reasoning, but I did like the idea of politicians with guns to their head. Uh, um, but she got in. She was very. People in Michigan got very upset because she was like pro lockdown and and these kinds of things to prevent um, the you, spread of COVID. Didn't you threaten to kidnap uh, Andrew Cuomo? I would. <laughs> yeah. I would do that in a freaking heartbeat. And blood is all over the streets. But that's a whole other story. Uh, this is what Wimmer had to say. They said she says when our leaders speak, their words matter. They carry weight. Very true. When our leaders meet with, encourage, or fraternize with domestic terrorists, they legitimize their actions and they are complicit. I agree with that sentiment. This is what Joe Biden had to say. He said, look, the words of a president matter. They can they can cause a nation to have the market rise or fall, go to war or bring peace, but they can also breathe oxygen into those who are filled with hate and danger and just think it's got to stop. The president has to realize that he utters, that what he utters matters. And I have been saying that for a long time. Uh, rhetoric matters, tone matters, and that really you could almost argue is one of the most important things that a president does is set the tone for the country. So the FBI, they had an affidavit. They became aware that people were discussing the overthrow of the government from in Michigan, which then they would have to take on the federal government and 49 other states. It would be a lot yeah. These for these six guys. I'm not sure if they... They quite realize uh, the hill that they have begun to climb here. And heavy, uh, heavy is the head that. What is it? Heavy that. Where's the crown? He- yeah, yes, I mean, you're, you're becoming the new Jefferson Davis. <laughs> like, do you really want that to shoulder oh, that man. responsibility? Were they this dumb? Um, so, uh, two of those ultimately charged met with more than a dozen others in Ohio to discuss quote creating a society that followed the U.S. Bill of Rights and where they would be self-sufficient. Okay, that's very hippie of them. I like that. Uh, In that meeting, the FBI alleged the group discussed both peaceful and violent tactics. One group, uh, Adam Fox, then contacted a local militia group. The FBI already had been monitoring with an informant over concerns that it was planning to kill police officers, an interesting sort of juxtaposition when it comes to true anarchists. So court papers paint Fox, of course, that is the leader of the plot to seize the governor and say he thought the governor would be most vulnerable to abduction when she was entering or leaving either her personal vacation home or the governor's official summer residence. That's a lot of houses. Fox also allegedly used code words to try to conceal his plans from law enforcement, calling explosives, quote, 
cupcakes. Isn't that nice? And talked about, quote, a baker, which officials said was a reference to a supposed explosives manufacturer. How'd they ever figure it out? <laughs> it's so, but those are code words. How'd they figure that out? Uh, so many members of the group participated in firearm training, which you know they're just getting hammered. That's just like going squatching. Yeah. It's just like going to hunt Sasquatch until you actually kidnap the governor. <laughs> Um, so they attempted to make test improvised explosive devices. Uh, in addition to talking about storming the state capitol, the group discussed, quote, shooting up Whitmer's vacation home. In July, according to the affidavit, Fox told an informant that he, quote, narrowed down his attack targets to the vacation home and summer residents. Uh, in September, according to the affidavit, Fox and others drove around the area. Uh, they discussed detonating explosives, even checking the underside of a bridge for spots. <laughs> These guys did not do anything sober, I promise you. Those yeah, this, this looks like a good place That's to set our one. cupcakes down. Yes, indeed. Cup wink, wink, cupcakes. So those federally charged were identified as Fox, Barry Croft, Ty Garbin, Caleb Franks, Daniel Harris, and Brandon Caserta. Caserta identifies himself on social media as an anarchist who opposes all forms of government, who opposes all forms of government. In a YouTube video this year, he says, quote, every person who works for the government is your enemy. He posted a video of himself on YouTube on September 15th, in the video, Caserta is wearing a sleeveless shirt that says, fuck the government. He repeatedly takes aim with an assault-style rifle pointed at the camera, which is just going to, it's just, you're going to shoot your camera. Yeah. You're just going to end. And, of course, he also said when he was at a bike shop, uh, he said, I'm inquiring about career opportunities in the manufacturing industry. Uh, he graduated from high school in 2006. That's on his LinkedIn page. So give the guy a job. <laughs> give the guy a job. You'll only find the best. Of course, he was also a Trump supporter. He says, standing with Trump, he tweeted on Valentine's Day in 2017. <laughs> so on Valentine's Day, he just said, standing with Trump, which is so sad Trump, for him. Will you be my Valentine? Will you be my Valentine? Anyway. I mean, I, I look at these guys and they really do... I, I think about TikTok and for a while I was, you know, poking around on TikTok and thinking like, oh, this is a good way to like placate people. Like if you're an angry. Are you still on the TikTok I'm quite on regularly? Tic I'm yeah. on. I'm in next week on a last stream on the left. I have a TikTok Halloween special that I'm planning. <laughs> so please join us. Is on it Kelly on Conway? Kellyanne Conway's good? Tuesday. We're going to have a TikTok Halloween. By the special. way, the whole Kellyanne Conway thing, Judd Apatow was like, she's uh, Judd Apatow on Twitter. Oh my God. I don't know if these people will ever, I don't know. No one's hired me. So it doesn't matter. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> um, no one's like, I need a 300 pound, six foot seven guy for this role. Um, he went on a total Twitter tirade praising this 15 year old girl like they did with oh, the other yes. girl. What's the what's the girl, the climate change girl who doesn't know uh, how to Greta she doesn't know how to talk without a script because she's a young girl and leave these freaking kids alone. I hate children being used in politics. But Judd Apatow was like, she's a brave 15 year old. Girl. It's like, no, she's a 15 year old who hates her fucking parents, who is expressing herself on TikTok. Yeah. Shut up, Judd. But I was I, I was hoping that also whatever the celebrities, the celebrities <laughs> that did the naked voting thing. Yeah. Just stop, please. God, I, I texted some of my my celebrity friends mm -hmm. and I said, can you talk to your friends? And tell them to stop making political videos. No, these people live in isolation chambers. They have they're so disconnected from the real world that these these uh. seem like brilliant ideas. But I was gonna say that the TikTok I I was hoping would be like more of a um like placating. Uh, you wanted to expand your mind? No, I thought no, I thought it would be like more <laughs> of a more of a mental playground for people like this who have maybe idle hands and want to sure. create explosive cupcakes. Because you see so many like dudes. Like I follow a guy on TikTok. His whole thing is talking about dip and how like you know all dips the same. Stop being a dip like a a dip. Uh, <laughs> What? A dip elitist? Like a tobacco dip elitist? Wait, what? Oh, I'll chew. I'll chew. 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 Okay, yeah. yes. Okay, the I was skull, thinking guacamole. Skull, and skull. Like, skull, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But his whole it's thing is, he looks like somebody that could be a Gretchen Whitmer kidnapper. But he, well, it's not but, true. But he instead spends his time curating dip TikToks. No, it's not even close to true, though. I mean, shoe is very different. You got your Copenhagen, no, which is very says, fine grave. No, he says, no. Gunpowder. This guy seems like he knows Kodak. what he's talking about. He says, all he says, I hate to break it to you, all dip's the same. No, it's not true. A dip's a dip. You can get your icy skull. You can get... Kodiak has... Uh, I used to chew in high school because I was a cool fucking kid. Well, I think my man would, th would think of you as a dip elitist, a, a highfalutin... No, honestly, if you are going to chew, which you shouldn't do, but Kodiak is the best, but don't, it looks just don't fun. do it. It looks it's fun. It's disgusting. I've drinking... 
Drank? Drunk? You're ready for some skull, my man. You said drinking? Drinking? <laughs> I drinking. I drinking. I drunken. Uh, at least two sips of chew tobacco spit because that's what you do. Yeah, we've when, all drank out of- accident, of course. We've all drank out of a Coca-Cola can that some guy has Ugh. accidentally been spitting dip into. Well, that's what happens when you grow up in Wisconsin. So, anyway, just lastly, officials say the Wolverine Watchmen met periodically for, quote, field training, which, again, is just getting drunk and slowly looking like the world's fattest military. They were in preparation for, quote, the Boogaloo. The Boogaloo is a reference to the expected civil war or violent uprising against the government. One of those charged, Joseph Morrison, allegedly founded the Watchmen group, called himself Boogaloo Bunyan. Now, as we know, these are the Boogaloo boys who... who are trying yeah. to start Civil War II. I know. Boogaloo, yes. And the Boogaloo ideology has alarmed law enforcement. Uh, it's very apocalyptic. And Anyway, officials said the Wolverine Watchmen group trained and discussed possible attacks with five, with Fox and five of his associates. Um, the federal crimes and some of the Wolverine Watchmen group, Sean Fix, William Knoll, Michael Knoll, and Eric Molitor, helped Fox's group conduct surveillance on the governor's private vacation home, which, again, I assume it's just binoculars surrounded by empty beer cans. So there you go. Anyway, Gretchen Whitmore is alive and well, and uh, you never know. I mean, we've covered people who kill, obviously, a lot on last podcast on the left. Assassins don't have to be smart, no. which is kind of the scariest thing. Everything can end with the pull of a trigger from a moron. Which really is the only thing that keeps me awake. At well, night. and this is also this also makes me think of you know whenever you guys have have said that the the hitman is not real, like right the the hitman oh, online like the idea yeah, yeah of course the right. hitman is not a real person like you're talking to an FBI agent. Well, that it's the was same thing to catch a predator. They, this group of six bumbling fucking <laughs> <laughs> they thought they were gonna like activate a nationwide web of like brave patriots to, to to kidnap like Mike Lee or like like what do you all of these Mike people, Lee might be the head of the damn thing but like yeah well, I don't know why I said Mike Lee actually that's the only governor I was I had the top of my head but uh an FBI informant is going to be in several if I mean if not all of these there is at least one FBI informant in these groups that you're like trying to inspire and yeah. you're trying because uh, their big thing was like Hey, uh, you guys like this whole idea about kidnapping governors? Right. And like he, they were trying to spread the word. Well, it's Mike, like, Mike Lee, I believe, is actually a senator, and perhaps it's easier to get a senator wait, if you're going to kidnap anybody. I say maybe Senate or the House. Wait, am I thinking of Mike Lee? Oh, yes, I am. Uh, yeah, so I, Mike oh, Lee. Oh, that's is, why because he last night he was making a big whole thing on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, it's so freaking. I hate. Anyway, all right. <laughs> These politicians. Anywho. Anyway, all right. So Gretchen Whitmer, she is fine. Um, they weren't able to pull it off in the Canadian bacon style heist movie that they thought they were living in. Unfortunately, the walls of prison are extremely real, extremely thick, and uh I assume they will be staring at those for the foreseeable future. They're going to prison. Um, because for they're life, so apparently. freaking stupid. That's what they're facing is yeah, life. Because yeah. they're freaking morons. Yeah. Uh, isn't that something? All right, everyone. Well, there you go. That's this week's Top Ad. Hopefully you learned a thing or two. God knows we did because we have to research for the show. And it's always educational. So anyway, hang on in there. We're going to keep you up to date on everything that's happening. We are, man, what are we at? 25 days, 24 days before this 26. election? 26. Jeez, we're getting there, guys. It has been a long, as always, the American political process takes for fucking ever. You know, in the UK, it's 60 days. And I'm almost, I wish we would just do 60 days because that's all you really need. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, so go out there, uh, stay invested in the process. We'll see what happens and we'll keep you up to date on on everything the best that we possibly can. Okay, everyone, hang in there. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.